I would like to look at the Word of God in Luke chapter 10 and verse 42, and let me read it one more time. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And I would like to use that verse of Scripture and for a little while preach on the thought of a message, good, better, best. Good, better, best. If anything, if you remember the title of the message, you'll remember the three points too. A man rode to the 20th floor on an elevator, and when he got out of the elevator, the elevator operator smiled and said, Have a good day, son. And the man stopped and turned around. He said, Don't call me that. You're not my father. Why'd you say that? And the elevator operator kind of scratched his head and shrugged his shoulders. He said, I don't know. He said, I brought you up, didn't I? My boss told me to have a good day, so I went home. We want to look at good, better, and best. Those are adjectives. What's an adjective? An adjective is simply a word that describes something. It describes a noun or a pronoun. The word good uh, is self-explanatory, right? And then better, uh, you don't say gooder. Well, I guess we're in Florida. Gooder and goodest. The word better means uh, it's, called a com- it's called a comparative. That means it has more of something. In grammar, it says of or relating to the form of an adjective or adverb that is used to indicate more of a particular quality. And we're going to Look at that in a moment. And then best. The word best or bestest is a superlative, which means it's related to the form of an adjective, an adverb that is used to indicate the greatest degree of a particular quality. Now, in our Bible reading, we, and perhaps you're familiar with this, the Bible says that It came to pass that Jesus entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, wanted Jesus over to fellowship. And you know what? I really believe that's a good idea. And we're not here to pick on Martha by any means because I believe all of us, when we invite Jesus into our lives, brethren, let me tell you, this is very true. We'll find out things we need to work on when we invite Jesus into our house. So in no way are we here to pick on Martha. The Bible said she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And that's where the disciples would learn. It means to to sit at the feet of a teacher. means to learn from a teacher. And they also probably sat on the floor as well. But it says, But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, Dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? You know that sometimes we we make stuff up a little because we want to get a point across. They might have had servants or other people, but have you ever kind of embellished something in order to try to make yourself sound a little more serious? I think she might have been doing that. And it said that Martha then said, Bid her, make her, therefore, that she help me. So she went to Jesus right in front of Mary because Mary was sitting there and said, hey, make, make that lady, she's, she's a no good, lazy lima bean, make her to do something useful in life. 
I remember I think someone was asked, asked my pastor what he was doing and he said, well, I'm reading. And he goes, oh, okay. Basically, I thought you were doing something. And he said, reading is something. You know, that, that is one thing to do. And sitting at the feet of Jesus is something. But the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, and which shall not be taken away from her. Now, we really aren't going to focus so much on the interaction between Mary and Martha this evening, but I want to look at three words, good, better, and best. And first of all, I want to look at the word good. It's an adjective, and I would like to look at the thought that Jesus is good. And the Bible says, you know, that when you, when you use that word, good, it's an evidence for God. I invited someone to church some time ago, and they said, I don't think I have to go to church to be a good person. Well, <clears throat> you're right. That's not what makes you good. But I began to speak and I said, you know that when you say a word like good, you're actually giving evidence that there's a God. <clears throat> Excuse me <coughs> for the frogs in my throat. There's two or three of them there and they're having some lunch. But I said, without God, and without someone that establishes what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, what is uh, the better thing or the worst thing, I said, it's just a bunch of opinions. I said, if there's no God and if there's no word of God, then there is no good. There is no evil. It's just your opinion. You're a human, which is worth as much as my opinion as a human. But if there are things that are good, then there are things that are evil. If there are things that are good, there are things that are bad. If there's a heaven, then there's a hell. And if there's a good, there's a God. We don't have to find, read very far in the Bible to find out in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 4. God saw the light. What did he say? It was good. You see, there is a good creator that gives us good things. There's a song that said, God is a good God. The gospel is good news. And today is a good day to give our good God praise. There was a young ruler that came to Jesus and said, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? It was interesting that he said unto him, Good master. You know what Jesus said? He said, Why callest thou me good? Why did you use that adjective? And he said, there is none good save one. That is God. Jesus was saying, yes, God is good. But do you recognize that you're talking to God himself? You see, the Bible says that Jesus uses that adjective because God Jesus is good. The Bible says that Mary chose the good part or a good portion, but Mary chose Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. When mankind lost out in the garden of Eden, 
It was the devil using that serpent to cheat them out of their blessings in God. And the devil is not your friend. If people say they're going to go party in hell, they're going to be sadly mistaken. Brethren, the devil doesn't want to go to hell. But the Bible says that I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to restore what we lost in Adam, what we lost in Eve, what we lost through the the trickery and manipulation of the serpent in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I and the good shepherd. You know that Jesus is good. And the Bible said the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That when Jesus came to this world, God came for one mission, one purpose, and it was to die on the cross so that, uh, uh, and I even heard it this way, that God didn't even die to make bad men good men. He died to make dead men living men, that God came to give us life, life more abundantly, because he's good. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, you meet someone and they might know a little bit about God and you say, man, God's good. And uh, they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> That's, that's fine, you know, I'm not going to dispute that. But you talk to someone that knows God, that God has worked in their life. I remember I was talking to a man at a job site 20 odd years ago, right? And I said something like, hey, are you a Christian? And he said, yes. He was Russian. He goes, yes, praise God. And he began to talk about what God did in his life, how he had gotten really sick. And he said, God, if you heal me. I'll serve you. And guess what? God healed him. And guess what? He served that good God. And he was telling me about the goodness of God. And then I don't know if they were having a church challenge at their church. I was in Bible school, right? He invited me to his church before I invited him to my church. But there is an excitement when you taste and see that the Lord is good. And the Bible said, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. You know, when you begin to trust in God, God begins to do things that you could only dream of before you were a Christian. He begins to work on the inside. You see, the world can work on the outside and we can work on the outside, but God works from the inside out. And let me tell you, he is good. God's good. The Bible said the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Why? God's good. I was just uh, crossing the road with my daughter and uh, she said, Daddy, a dollar bill. So of course we got out of the road first and looked back, went and got it, didn't get run over thankfully. It wasn't a dollar bill. It was a $10 bill. And I think she said something like, Daddy, do you ever find money like that? And I said, Maybe like once. I mean, I don't know. But you know what? God's good. Say, what'd you do? I took it to Publix. No, I took it to the store and spent it, right? But you know what? God, well, it was her money, right? But God is good. God gives you blessings. Jesus is good. Let me tell you, if you have served God for more than five seconds, I remember when I got saved, I didn't even know what happened to me. But I remember I went back to my barracks room And I didn't know what what happened, but I 
I knew something good had happened because I began to clean my room of things that were not supposed to be in there. And I've shared this before, but when God comes into your life, the other things that aren't supposed to be there, they feel uncomfortable being around you. And I began to clean house as it were. Why? A good God came into my life. What? Jesus is good. And without any direction from the pastor, without any knowledge of the word of God, I began to just say, wow, I'm going to make my life Try to start mirroring this God that came into my heart. And when Christians give their life to God, God is good. But they began to live a different way. Why? Because that's Jesus inside of me. Say, preacher, have you stopped growing? No. Have you stopped failing? No. I mean, I mean, we all, we go through things and we have bumps in the road. But brethren, I want to be more like Jesus every day. God is a good God. I said, preacher, I thought preachers never made any mistakes. Read the Bible, man. I mean, preachers make mistakes. Christians make mistakes. Sin and do all these other things. But let me tell you, you know, the, the difference between a quitter and someone who's a fighter is that that fighter gets up one more time. And you know that that love of Jesus Christ will get us the righteous man falleth and, and riseth up again. The Bible said the Lord upholds him with his hand. Why would God do that? I don't know. Why would God forgive you again and again? I don't know. But I do know one thing. God is good. Because Jesus is good. And because God is good, that's how he does things. The Lord is good, the Bible said. Worship the Lord for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. We serve a good God. You see, those psalmists didn't just write about God because they, uh, you know, didn't have anything better to do. They were uh, extolling all the virtues of a God that took care of their nation. And God takes care of our nation. God takes care of our lives. Brethren, I don't know how many times God has uh, blessed us or healed us or prevented us from having an accident or simply kept us away from some violence. But God is good. But God not only is good, and Jesus not only is good, but Jesus is better. You know that Jesus is not only a good God, but Jesus is also better. You know, the Bible is full of better things. And we uh, in America, we, we argue about what's better, Pepsi or Coke, iPhones or that other type of phone, whatever that it is. You know, no, Chevy or Ford. Tesla or Ferrari, you know, and, and, and we, we constantly try to, to, we compare things one to another to see which one is better, salsas or Nopalera, you know, the different restaurants, which one is better? Well, the Bible says there's a lot of better in the Bible. See, but God also is better. The Bible said it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. The Bible said it's better. The Bible says that Jesus has a better name. The book of Hebrews presents Jesus as better. If you ever read Hebrews, you say, what is Hebrews about? Three words. Jesus is better. First of all, he has a better name. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 4, being made so much better than the angels. 
Jesus is not just one of many gods in heaven or one of many things running around. He's better than Michael. He's better than Gabriel. He's better than the strong angel, if that's, if that's him, him himself. But the Bible said, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. And the Bible said, to which of the angels did it say, thou art my Son, unless they were the elevator operator, right? Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. Jesus has a better name. Jesus had a better priesthood. And I've shared that ministers, we, we come and we go. You know, the Old Testament priests, they would serve and then they would leave the service because they would get old and they would die. And that's the same with ministers. Ministers come and ministers go. Recently, Billy Graham left this world, ministered for many years. My pastor, Pastor Davis, served for many years, but then left this world. But God had, through his son, Jesus Christ, a better ministry, a better priesthood. The Bible said, for the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing of a better hope did. And then it says that why Jesus was better, Hebrews chapter 7. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. Let me tell you, I realize that I have gotten older, even this year. But you look at yourself and you're like, I look like a grandpa. And I I, I remember uh, my parents are getting ready to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary. You know what that means? We're getting old. And we're not going to be here forever. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ remains. The Bible says, but this man, speaking of Jesus, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. God's better because he's not going to change his mind about his word. You know, have you dealt with someone and like, oh, I changed my mind. You know, I thought we were going out to the restaurant. No, I changed my mind. Well, Jesus is better. He's not going to die. He's not going to change his mind. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forever. He's better. And also, he's a better sacrifice. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7, He needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins. You know, the high priest in the Old Testament had to offer for his own sin before he sacrificed for the sins of Israel. He was a sinner, but Jesus knew no sin. He was born of a virgin. He was holy, harmless, and separate from sinners. And when he died, not for his own sin, but for ours, once and for all, the Bible said, the Bible said, and for this he did once, when he offered up himself, he had a better sacrifice. And because of that, he had a better covenant. Hebrews chapter eight and verse six, but now, hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Yes, the New Testament is better than the Old Testament, which was established upon better promises. You know, it's interesting. With better, there's a choice, isn't there? And when Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha was working, Mary probably felt that tug of Martha, you know, making those little comments when she walked by. I'm busy. This is heavy. I need some help. But you know, in serving God, Jesus is better, but Jesus involves a choice. Just like Mary made a choice. It said she hath chosen the good part. 
And you know that not only did she make a choice, but there was a conflict. You know, whenever you want to do something for God, there's often a spiritual conflict that pulls you away. You know, you recognize it in real life. Why is it easier to eat a donut than a piece of celery? Well, for most of us, okay? Maybe you like celery, but what does celery taste like? Nothing. That's why you have to put ranch and peanut butter and all the other stuff on it, right? You just chew it like a horse. You like celery? Okay, praise God. But you like donuts too, right? Okay, so it's easier to eat certain things. But you know what? It's the same thing with God. Man, I know I should do this, but I feel like I need to do this. There's a choice. Which choice do I make? Brethren, when it comes to donuts and celery, man, have at it. Food doesn't, isn't moral, okay? But when it comes to spiritual things, choose Jesus. Jesus has a better way. Say, preacher, but I'm just going to go fix my problems and I'm going to go run it. Don't worry about that. Just rest in the Lord and let God fix your problem. The Bible said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. You know, sometimes we just need to just say, God, I'm here. You work it out. So many of our problems can be worked out with a little short prayer to say, God, I'm just going to leave it in your hands. Have you ever just laid something at the altar and say, God, here, I don't want to mess with this anymore. It's a spiritual burden. I'm going to lay it down and I'll take what God has for me instead. It's better. That's what Mary did. Mary had problems and Mary had things that she needed to do, but she said, I just need to spend some time with God. It's better. Jesus also, Jesus is good, Jesus is better, but Jesus is the best. Have you ever heard of a BFF? What is that? Best friend forever. The Bible said that a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And that was talking, no doubt, about that one that loves our soul, the one named Jesus, born of a virgin in Bethlehem. And the Bible said he has the best name. The Bible said that when uh, an impotent man was healed, a man that could not walk, Peter said, be it known unto you all, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 10, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which was Israel. Israel neglected their Messiah, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. He said it's the best name. For there is none other name given under heaven, whereby among men, whereby we must be saved. The Bible said that Mary hath chosen that good part. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said in the beginning, one thing is needful. You know, in our lives, there are a lot of things we need to get done. And brethren, I mean, you know, it's without number. It's stuff's not going to get done today. It's going to be pushed to tomorrow and pushed to next week. It's got to get done. But one thing Jesus said is needful. One best thing. One top thing. And what is that? Our relationship with God needs to be first. But you see, because Jesus has the best name... He's not just good. He's not just better. The best things in God. I heard this at a conference recently, but it's really true. The best things are yet to come. I remember uh, I heard this phrase and usually put a period, best, period, day, period, 
ever, period. And it's to emphasize that it's the best day ever. Well, it's not going to be down here. It's going to be up there. The Bible said the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And there shall be no night there. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 5. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever with heads bowed and eyes closed. There is a perfect day that will never end. A day where you walk with God. A day where you live in a mansion in glory. A day where you'll see Jesus face to face. A day where angels will be in your company. A day where you'll see the resurrected saints and those that you have known that have served God until their day of leaving this place. I was going to say dying day, but really it's a day when they go on to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And today is a day to realize three things. God is good. God is good. He's not going to allow you to go through anything that you're not able to handle. But with the temptation, He will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's a promise from a good God. And God's got a better way. Mary chose that good part. And God has the best things for you. And the Bible says one thing is needful. Jesus is the best.